Hello everyone, this is Jerry Lee, and I'm so happy to have you here listening, and we're looking toward uh, forward to an exciting teaching. I'm here standing in place for the manifester, and just uh, wanting to uh, appreciate all of the help that we get with the organ from my wife Janet Lee and just to appreciate all of you fine listeners and responders uh, thanking you uh, for your hearing of the word uh, tonight we continue uh, with part four of Latolution versus evolution. We're going to do some reading tonight and teaching tonight from the Seven Thunders Speak book uh, called The Manifest Chronicles Before Genesis. And uh, believe me, there is no book like that that I have ever come close to finding anywhere on the planet that looks like that, sounds like that, speaks like that, reads like that. So if you don't have this book, and I'm not trying to give you a sales pitch to buy one, but you are the loser if you don't have this book. You need to get online and get this book, uh, The Seven Thunders Speak, Manifest Chronicles Before Genesis by the Manifester. All right, so we're going to be reading uh, to begin with from page 311. This is what it says. God made a physical infinity in which temporary physical universes would begin and end. It was given one job, one purpose, to be a matrix a womb of creation from which creatures who would rise to God consciousness could step up to an eternal life and eternal mind with an eternal relationship with God. Everything else that happens in between must not be imaged for another purpose. There are no private exceptions, no special respects. God by M's own code of ethics is no respecter of persons one over another. Physical life is a chance. Uncertainty is built in. You can read, in case you're questioning that, some people have quite a problem with this term chance, and they often um, just don't think that it's Bible, but it is. There's more than one place. I read this scripture to you last week. Let me read it again uh, real swiftly here. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and a chance happeneth to them all. So this is a totally different philosophy than evolution. And if we're going to believe the Bible, it's going to be different than evolution. It is exciting uh, to have the Bible and have it make it stand. Uh, I know that uh, scientists uh, had a lot of negatives uh, for a long, long time to say about Genesis and uh, how that water got on the planet Earth. They um, they 
figured that it came by either a comet or an asteroid. But as science has advanced, uh, they have learned that whenever something as um, sensational and, and conclusive of event as, as an asteroid of, of large size or a fairly good sized comet would hit, strike the Earth, that it, they both leave a signature of residue. And uh, those signatures would, uh, of residue would remain in the Earth and they would be there as a fingerprint that that that, that uh, event had happened and you know guess what they cannot find any such uh, fingerprint or signature to show that water came that way now the new and latest discovery and I thank my friend for sending this uh, scientific update to me uh, uh, you know because I think it's uh, quite uh, neat that he did that and uh, it got me that information and uh, it's helpful and it's hard for me to keep up with everything happening today because I'm so busy but this latest report is that they made a discovery that uh, before um, uh, the Earth was really uh, made into a habitable planet, uh, that th there was a special kind of dust, and it was very much full of moisture. And um, it actually, from this mu uh, dust that uh, was in the sky, uh, that eventually uh, came down and filled the oceans with water, uh, that that was how the planet Earth got all its water. And you know what? That is very, very um, correlated uh, to the Bible. So people should be very slow in jumping to conclusions about what is fiction, what is myth, uh, what is uh, not scientific, because scientific, uh, they're just in the beginning stages still of even beginning to know uh, you know, one half uh, let's say one third of what the potential of everything is. And that is not in any way putting down the some of the great scientists there are, some of the great theories that they've come up with uh, that is not the intention of my uh, presentation here at all so let's go on here uh, we're back in page 311 uh, the seven thunders uh, uh, before Genesis book uh, physical life is a chance uncertainty is built in people are given an extent of free will they can choose to destroy their chance and someone else may will to destroy the other person's chance of a particular lifetime. If an innocent person is cut off from life and even experiences extreme suffering undue to one's actions, that person will inherit an opportunity to latitude in another life. The nature of the universe unfolds. Violence is mixed with uh, serenity. Uncertainties are mixed with axioms. Anger is mixed with happiness. Disdain is mixed with love. Impedition is mixed with godliness. The universe has one job. That job is to provide emerging, living entities with an environment until such entities can develop a consciousness that can discover 
God, an issue that takes priority over all other input. Everything must be considered in relationships. Even a very small animal body could seem to bacteria to be a universe. Everything is relationships. Someone then will say, in a starry universe, living entities are the neurons of brains, and the bulk of the universe is prop, body, pulp, and parts, inasmuch that the end of the universe results in the density of its matter, but the freeing of a spirit of consciousness, and inasmuch that the freed spirit entity, although individual becomes grouped into one plural mind of thought and being someone then who will say that which was is that which is that which is is that which comes invertingly that which becomes future is far is is from that which was present repeat invertingly that which became future is from that which was present. That which was present is far, or from, rather, that past which was forming. So then, the past was a part of the present. The present was a part of the past. And the future is a part of the great past, the recent past, the recent future, and the ultimate future. Consequently, the whole was originally collective of many parts, forming many parts into uh, to many varieties of a plural oneness. So then, we were formed to rise, not in the sense of fate, but in the sense of a destined potential. Therefore, in all our forming and in all our rising and with all our experiences, we were invoiced as expected arrivals for an ultimate plural oneness. This is so important, this message that I have just shared with you from this book for comprehension. This understanding is a relational understanding, uh, applicable based on understanding that relationships uh, vary and the relationships uh, can be correlated to one person but not correlated to another person. But that the um, potentiation of a relationship can be of a nature that it is uh, precisely uh, customized uh, for that person uh, at the time. And it is a provision for that person for their uh, journey uh, through this physical earth. So we have to understand how important relationships are. And I'm not only talking about human relationships, but all the other kind of relationships uh, that, that can happen in a life. It can be your relationship uh, with, with um, connection 
connection to other people. Uh, it could be your relationship to a job. It could be your relationship uh, to your the training uh, that you give to yourself or allow yourself to, to be trained. Uh, it can be uh, how that you opportune your mind uh, to think and to use the uh, capabilities of your mind to do that thinking. Let us go on with the reading. We are now on page 312. Down at the bottom, in dark uh, black bold, relationship is everything. We fall in love with a body and its name. We fall in love with a home and its address. We fall in love with a personality and its character. We fall in love with the scenery to which we have become accustomed. We fall in love with whom and with what we want to hear and see. They whom we love because of their physical house, body, relationship, personality, style, character, we love by somatic passion. However, once our spirits are freed from our body houses, we love all ascended spirits deeply the same. Physical life is a chance, but not in the sense of a gamble, because chance has been offered with a modifier attached to it. We are promised a time and a chance. So then, if the chance experience turns out to be short-lived, but the time guaranteed to the chance is not fulfilled, which then becomes the modifier, then the chance gets offered again and again until the chance has fulfilled its allotted time. As to relationships, one may think of the universe of this world as a brain and body, and us entitled as individual cells of that corporate body. We should not think of persons only as separate entities or identities. We should think of persons as a part of the universe, the universal collective body, which has billions upon billions of cells, each cell individual, yet collective at the same time. Certain cells have certain roles, but the whole good of the body has preeminence over the individual good of the cell. Each cell must do everything that it can to preserve the body itself and its family cluster of cellship. When a universal course has fully conducted its last role, then the many entities emerged of the universal corporate body will become a collective of one spirit mind. Everything beautiful in the universe came out of turbulence and conflict. So then it is seen that the very creation created by the Creator is to an extent enmity to itself and alien to the Creator. Nevertheless, the creation is tolerated even as a baby in the womb is tolerated by the mother's immune system. Thus, allowances are made in nature because the positive cannot express without the negative. Good cannot complete its role or appreciate the good and the positive without the anti-good of depreciation. 
In my extensive searching, I saw that uncertainty, suffering, sorrow, and misery are natural consequences of living in the physical world. This does not mean that those natural consequences cannot, to some extent, be avoided. We're on page 314 now. Much suffering can be avoided by care and due diligence. Much suffering can be healed by a ministry of reason and logic. Additionally, there is the foremost event called divine inter intervention. Keep in mind that things which are prevented can be equal to a duration of no suffering. Also, things preserved and guarded can be equal to things um, uh, misery and suffering cannot easily touch. Nevertheless, these ad advantages can be lost by carelessness, ignorance, and indifference. Wow. That's my first reading. We'll come back. We'll do some more reading. But let's talk about a few other things. Let's uh, get something uh, clear on this business of understanding what the Manifest Ministry is saying in its constructions of presentation as to the subject of evolution. Number one, we are not saying that it is an, an accursed uh, theory or an accursed um, uh, ideology. We are not saying that. Uh, we are not saying that everything that evolution presents is incorrect. We are not saying that. We are not saying, though, that evolution is the, the end all of the revelation of God. We are definitely not saying that because we do not believe that. Um, evolution, okay, it's sort of like if we were to suddenly be talking about a proof of age. And we said, okay, we have found by these different bones of this particular species, age groupings and age divisions. So by this discovery that we have made, uh, archaeologically speaking, with our scientific fluorescent um, um, uh, style of, of, of discovery, we have, uh, uh, in this uh, forensic uh, discovery, uh, come to the point of proving that these particular species do have an aging process. And let's suppose that they called that particular um, science evolution. Uh, that is very similar how evolution is. You know, they go out there and you discover some uh, things that happen in nature, and then you call it evolution. Uh, you can make a theory out of it. You can make a science out of it. And, and if you watch in nature what generally happens in nature or things that have occurred in nature, uh, then you could say, yes, this occurred in, in uh, nature. This happened. It was part of the uh, relationships of events that is, um, is natural to nature. And then you could say, I'm going to brand that a name and call it evolution. And you can make a god out of that if you want to, but I would not advise that. Uh, you could say, oh, this, this incredible, this is an incredible thing about evolution. It is just telling us all this information. Uh, you, that information has already been told. It, it's been told uh, and written in, in the sands of, of the earth and written in the atoms. It's 
it's it's been there for eons and eons of time, and you can give it any you know a name. There's different names that people do give it, and we're going to talk about all these different uh, potential names of creation uh, force and creation theology or creation theory, uh, and uh, it will be interesting because you, as a Christian or as a thinker or as a person, need to know these things. You don't want to just go through your whole life toward a resolution uh, just going day by day uh, on guesses. Guesses have some advantage. They're better than uh, the do-little stool of, uh, of uh, nothing in the brain. But it is good uh, for not uh, having everything based on a guess. The Bible does say prove all things. So you want to get to a point that you have some, uh, some tool, uh, some comparative, something that, that you say, I am going to base my belief on the proof of now someone will say, well, I, I'm basing it on archaeology. That means uh, discovery in, by digging in runes and in dirt and in rocks and so forth. That's what they want to discover. Uh, I hope that there is no one out there would want to base your whole life on archaeology. I think archaeology is a great science, and I am not knocking it, nor am I knocking any of the archaeologists. But I want to tell you something. Using statistical methods to estimate the total undiscovered fossil bones remaining of ancient creation. Uh, it is feared that approximately 72% plus of these kinds of fossils and bones still remain of creatures uh, 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 that uh, are potential to be discovered but have not yet been discovered. So if there are uh, approximately 72% of fossils and bones and other kinds of archaeological discoveries that have not been discovered, then that means there is something like, you know, only... Uh, a, a fourth, a quarter of of uh, information made available uh, archaeologically wise, and uh, I'm gonna tell you something. I don't think you should build your world. I don't think you should build your mind power, uh, your your, your uh, legal decisions, your spiritual decisions. Uh, on on something that only has a quarter. You don't do that when, uh, you know, like this recent uh, U.S. voting, uh, you couldn't really make a definite decision uh, based on a quarter of the votes that came in and say, well, this is it, that's definite. Uh, John James uh, Rogers is going to win. You know, you're liable to find out that it was uh, Tom, Dick, or Harry that won. Uh, so, so you cannot base it. Neither should you try to base uh, your belief in, in something called evolution that is, you know, all of the tally is not in yet. Same thing with these scientists, like these scientists that are, are coming up uh, with these string theories, and they have so dominated the universities and so dominated the science fields uh, that people that are not believing in the string theory cannot get financial aid uh, for, for uh, progressing in their studies of advancing other new uh, thoughts and other new ideas. And, and the thing of it is, is by the very nature of the string theories, uh, it is it has an alienship uh, to 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 uh, ever being um, 
uh, tested. Just the nature of it alone makes it so it can't be tested. Uh, the, an example I could give, and I'm not saying that I believe in this principle, but an example that I could give would be the uncertainty principle. The principle that says that, that if you observe uh, an atomic happening too closely, or if you in any way try to measure it, or try to take picture of it uh, in, in an interruptive way, uh, then it will change its course and you will not be able to tell by by your interference and your method of trying to to discover what it is doing, what it is not doing, or picture it, uh, you will just you, you will change it from what it was going to be. It will be altered. So uh, that is the uncertainty principle. Uh, there's almost that kind of a built-in philosophical uh, conditioning uh, in this thing of the string theory. Uh, you, you know, it's of the nature that that the um, the um, dimensions are so minuscule. Um, that there is almost an improbability of uh, being able to prove them that they exist at all. So these are things that we have to look at. I'm not saying that this is impossible. I'm a believer in the words of Jesus that all things are possible. But I'm telling you, don't jump the gun. Don't go over the cliff. Uh, don't go down the stream. Uh, don't think that you've got the plus, plus, pluses of all the answers. I'm not saying kick out evolution, throw it down the sinkhole. I'm not saying anything like that. I think that there's a lot of interesting uh, um ideas and knowledge that has come out of using that word uh, to place the disposition of events and happenings in nature uh, into into roles and, and into categories by putting it under these titles of evolution in the categorical kind of ways that they do it. Uh, it is helpful and it does give direction and so I think it has its place but it is not the, the as I said earlier the end means uh, of, of of the totality of the summations of what is and what uh, or what is not okay I want it to throw that in because I think that uh, you know is uh, is very important uh, you know there are uh, there are there are conflicts uh, in um, the teaching of evolution um, it uh, it has in it um, you know all kinds of different ideas um, it it has problems uh, with the classical laws uh, that have uh, been um, the root uh, system of the science world uh, for eons of time. Uh, some of the of the classic, uh, like the first and second laws of uh, thermodynamics, uh, like the law of um, of the conservation of mass. Uh, you know there are problems with those laws, and and we'll get into that a little bit later, and uh, how they match with uh, some of the theories of, of evolution. Um, now, first off, a person would have to say, well, are these laws 100% right? Well, the, the idea of it is, is that um, if you get into special relativity, those laws are not applicable. Or if you get into the quantum uh, theories, those laws are not are not applicable, but uh, that is not saying by any means. And in fact, uh, I, I have big questions and challenges on it uh, as to evolution being uh, a part 
of the theory of special relativity or being a part of of uh, the quantum uh, mechanics. I have lots of problems uh, with uh, the fitting uh, and the relationship uh, of, the, of, of that. And, uh, you know, I don't know that we're going to get this teaching done tonight. It may have to have another teaching. Uh, but we're not going to rush it because this is a really, really important uh, thing for uh, God's people to know and for people to know that, uh, you know, are, are believers. What about spontaneous creation? How does evolution fit into that? Uh, how does, um, you know, uh, some of these other ideas like the, uh, the special theory of relativity and quantum mechanics, uh, we'll try to get to, to that tonight and talk about that some. Um, what about virtual uh, particles, virtual reality? How do they fit in? Well, I think you'll find a very interesting connection there uh, also later tonight. Uh, we want to look at modern uh, uh, physics and and uh, especially the part of modern physics that says there is no such thing as nothing. And then there's another part of the quantum modern physics that says, oh, yes, uh, you know, nothing, uh, you know, uh, is something. <laughs> and I'm putting that in my own words there. But, um, um, you know, uh, the process of, of, uh, of nature can have an affiliation with uh, some of the evolutionary uh, theories, but not necessarily uh, is it... Uh, in the totality evolution and we want to talk about that tonight because these are extremely important things well I'm going to get back to my reading in the book in a minute or so but uh, if we just carry on a little bit uh, with about this thing about the laws of of nature uh, you know I mentioned the uh, thermodynamics uh, uh, this like uh, there's the first and second law uh, those are are you know very very interesting to know and to read and uh, uh, we want to get into that a little bit we want to talk about that a little bit because uh, it's going to be eye-opening no question about it uh, there are many scientists uh, I'm not saying the bulk of them, but there are many scientists uh, that uh, they say evolution does not agree with the laws of nature. Um, there are those that uh, also say that uh, uh, evolution does not agree uh, with with the uh, the the uh, the laws of of the classical scientists, which is pretty much saying the same thing. Um, so if what evolution is teaching does not agree with the basic laws of the universe, uh, like the first and second laws of thermodynamics, and uh, uh, laws, uh, the law of, of, um, of uh, entropy, and uh, all these various uh, uh, kind of laws, the laws of conservative mass. Uh, it's pretty serious stuff to say that it doesn't uh, agree with that. Uh, of course, uh, bravely, quantum theory doesn't agree, and the uh, Einstein's theory of relativity uh, doesn't necessarily agree. Uh, they are not considered uh, really to be um, attached 
to the the laws uh, of nature as the profounded uh, prof, uh, and uh, proposed uh, actualities, you know, of of this uh, whole reality of planet Earth where we live. And we're going to get into that because that, to me, is very interesting stuff. Okay, so uh, you know. Uh, Laws of thermodynamics. Uh, let's look at the first law. Here's what it says. Uh, energy cannot by itself be created or destroyed. Matter, energy may be changed from one form into another, but the total amount remains unchanged. Now, I'm, I'm certain that that has its applications. But it certainly does not does not fit all the designs of the powers of creation, and so I can see why some of the scientists, uh, like Einstein and all kinds of very popular scientists, um, have come up with um, uh, the conclusion that while the classical laws of science well fit. Uh, a lot of the literal things that happen on the surface of the laws of nature, they are not necessarily, uh, you know, applicable um, to these laws that are not involved in, the, you know, in in the uh, macroscopic sense, uh, but are more into the microscopic sense, and even you know beyond that. Um, then there is, um, you know, uh, a continuation of uh, of other ideas and other other thoughts. Uh, you know, like like uh, there is the uh, the second law of thermodynamics. You have to excuse me uh, for rattling a little paper here because those are notes that uh, I have uh, made for myself, uh, and uh, uh, I don't have. A big, broad, fantastic broadcasting room here. Uh, we do it out of the home, uh, but it works. And uh, but it could be a little noisy on the paper rattle once in a while. Um, okay, the second law: all systems will tend toward the most mathematical probable state and eventually become totally random and disorganized. Um, now. The evolutionists absolutely refuse uh, to believe this, even though Albert Einstein declared it to be one law which he, he believed could never be eliminated. So don't get inclined that the theory of evolution, and it is just a theory, is a proven since, although there have been many tests that they have made, but what has that really proven? Proven evolution? No, if I go out there and I get back to this thing on the aging of these bones and how that, that means that these critters live certain lengths of life or did, did age, uh, and I say, okay, well, uh, that proves evolution. No, it just proves nature. It proves that nature has left, uh, you know, a, a imprint in the stones of, of time. 
<laughs> and in that imprint, it tells about the history. They're written in the bones. They're, they're written in various residues. And that's what that proves. It doesn't necessarily prove that evolution then is right uh, only in the sense that evolution uh, looked at that and made a betokened uh, a, a summation that this is what it is saying uh, but even then it's really the 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 special scientist that has to read those bones and has to interpret them uh, who may not even be into evolution that really reads and tells the story of, of what that those bones are saying. So let's let's get out of this thing of thinking that evolution is a, is a guarantee. But let's not get into the, to the program like some Christians are that this is some kind of a demon organized uh, theory uh, that is set out to destroy the Christian race. Uh, that is totally incorrect and uh, improbable and uh, uh, blurry. Okay, so uh, all systems tend toward the most mathematical probable state. Uh, you know, this is uh, uh, like uh, entropy. Um, uh, that all things deteriorate and age, they rust, they break down, they ultimately go from order to disorder. Uh, they, you know, can, that could be seen. I mean, that's that's the same thing as death, you know. And so we we can't deny that, and we have to say, you know, that the law of entropy is is correct, uh, it, but it's only correct as it is applicable uh, in an environment uh, and in a, the conditions of life and the relationships of life uh, that, for instance, we have here on Earth. But it's not applicable, for instance, in, in uh, Paul's reach into third paradise, uh, where, you know, there's eternal life that exceeds beyond uh, this entropy and does not go downhill, but instead maintains uh, itself uh, in an everlasting kind of life. And we're not even talking uh, spiritual life there. We're talking the potential of even physical life, like the tree of life. That, that if Adam and Eve in their physical, bo physical body had eaten of the tree of life that grew out of the ground, that they would have been able to live forever. So, so there is uh, much into that way beyond what people at this time uh, know. Uh, you know, this we're into baby science. Uh, the world is still pagan. Uh, there is so much that is not understood, not known about these laws that they've come up with. Uh, there is some, there is some distinct, interesting things, uh, you know. Uh, this en entropy, uh, uh, which is basically the law of increasing disorder. Uh, this is a thing that we, who are Christians, have to work against all the time. Uh, there is a natural tendency; it's in nature. Uh, this tendency toward uh, decreasing uh, or or um, uh, I should say increasing rather this tendency toward uh, the increasing of disorder it, it's a natural thing so you know you can call that you know uh, evolution if you want to but it, it's just it's just the fact it's a law of nature and it's about what is happening in nature and uh, that's what the truth of the fact of the matter really is, uh, like you say, you can call it whatever you want, uh, and it has a relative truth, but not ultimate truth. Okay, so those are things we look at, we think about, uh, we consider, 
but we do not uh, we do not make any of those ideas to become uh, the cinch that we uh, you know take the nail and we we cinch it so that it won't be easy to uh, lose its grip. All right, let's go back to the book for a bit. And let's do some reading out of the book before I get into some of these other uh, teachings. There are so many really good ones. Turn with me, if you have the book, to page 338. Okay? So, on page 338, and we're in the book of the Seven Thunders Speak, the Manifest Chronicles Before Genesis by the Manifester. If you do not have this book, you are doing yourself a dishonor. Because this book will open your mind and will open universes and will open the the world of, of the angels and of spirits and of heaven uh, and heavens. Uh, it will open energy dots. Uh, it's, it, it, it's an incredible book, believe me. I had a fellow the other day say to me, I don't understand it. I don't understand how that one human being could even be used of God to write a book with such things in it as this has. Well, God can do anything, and he can use a piece of wood, a stick, to do it. And I give all the praise and glory to God. Okay, page 338. Latolution means lattice, as in the replicate patterns, folded or crossed and duplicated. These patterns take on variations distinct one from the other and become individual prints known as lattices. Each physical thing, visible or invisible, has a lattice print. Latolution is also the event uh, is also the events of setting free the potentials of these lattices in creation beginnings. The way of latolution prevails upon all increments of the universe. The soundtron being imbued into all that is acts as the potentiator for procedure department and therefore provides potentiation for latolution to steer through the the praxis of its paths to fulfill destinies. Just for your sake, for you people that are not familiar with the term soundtron, S-O-U-N-D-T-R-O-N. Uh, the word tron is a Greek word that actually means thing, uh, but when it's connected in a certain way, that thing can become relative, in this case, uh, relative as a rule or a measurement. So, uh, the scriptures that the word soundtron comes from uh, is uh, in Psalms 19 uh, verses 1 through 6 and uh, in um, Romans 10 uh, chapter 10 uh, verse 18 <clears throat> and the interesting thing is that um, in the Hebrew uh, the word that is used is line, L-I-N-E, like as measuring line, but is transliterated in the Hebrew, uh, pardon me, in Greek, uh, uh, from the Hebrew as the word sound. So a person would think, well, how could they make that kind of a mistake? If it's a line, if it's a measurement, how do they put it into sound? Well, in the Hebrew root system, uh, there is... Uh, the kind of um, 
of marking uh, that uh, characterizes that particular line as, for instance, being the kind of an instrument that would be thrown overboard and used as a string, a line, uh, that would have uh, sound intonations, that as it got deep it would have certain soundings. And so it would, uh, by those soundings and by that string, it would measure, uh, you know, the depth. So it used both the the line and the, and and to which all these uh, sounding devices and it would and it used the idea of the measurement, uh, which included the idea of sound. So that's why the transliteration uh, from the Hebrew uh, of line in uh, Psalms nineteen one through six and in Romans ten eighteen uh, to the term sound. So when we say soundtron, we're talking about the sound line, uh, you know, or the sound measurement, and 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 that there is this sound which is the spoken word of God, the spoken word of God's will into all things. There is no atom, no molecule, there is no collection of any kind of of a atomic or non-atomic or 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 uh, any kind of of uh, quantum particle that does not have imbued into it the soundtron the soundtron uh you know penetrates all things of of all existence and so therefore uh this thing of latolution is very very important because when we talk about lattice uh, we're talking about uh you know like like the atomic lattice and we did the teaching here just the uh, last couple of weeks we talked about the the uh, Jacob's ladder uh, and how that that actually is is the, a part of a lattice and also uh, in uh, the New Testament when Jesus talked about that the kingdom of God was like a net and that this idea of net in et is another kind of lattice and the kingdom of God is like that uh, here on earth so uh, and in the universe so this revelation is absolutely so important because in the idea of latilution, uh, we have the lattice, which is the the print and and uh, the the uh, the. Um, the, the way that all things are imaged, that all things are created, that all things are made, uh, so that that print um, is the lattice. So we're talking about the lattice that includes the fingerprint of every kind of characterized uh, example that exists. And then when we say uh, latilution, that comes from Greek word uh, that means lutron uh, uh, to, to set free. And so when we talk about latolution happening, we're talking about the lattice that, that has a potential being set free. And that is what latolution is. And that is what happens in creation. When the latolution is set free, creations happen. Uh, people have lattices, which can not only mean about their body, but it can mean about uh, their character and their na nature. It can any, even include problems that they have inherited in their genes. And that becomes their lattice. And sometimes people have to have their lattice healed so that their lattice becomes uh, transformed to a different uh, a characterization of, of uh, latticed style. <clears throat>
in the process of that, uh, that's setting free the lattice of those people that, that are wanting the deliverance. Their lattices become set free. That's Lutron set free. Latta Lucian. So Latta Lucian sets free the seed to be able to grow. Latta Lucian sets free nature to, to inspire and, and expire. Uh, Latta Lucian, uh, touches everything that there is because it is the soundtron, the word of God's will, written into all creation, into all the universe. There is no place, it says in Psalms 19, that one may travel in the universe. As far as one would go in the universe, no matter which direction, no matter the where, you would, you would find the line that had touched everywhere, which is the voice of God. Uh, it, this was understood in, in Psalms in a, in a beautiful way. It would talk about how that the sound would even cause uh, animals, uh, you know, to give birth uh, to their offspring and all the different things that sound would do. Beautiful scriptures in, in Psalms that reveal these, these deep and beautiful truths and realizations. And this idea of getting this truth out of the Lanolution is absolutely uh, important and essential uh, for people to know so that they can be set free on every level. Uh, Lanolution incorporates every level, and we, we want to get into actually showing you uh, how that that is the case. And I'm just hoping uh, that it would be the Lord's will that we would have the time to get into all that. But if not tonight, we'll just add another night to it, uh, not that we're going to in these uh, this short series, um, going to be able to cover everything of the subject of Lanolution. Uh, you're talking a book. Uh, so, But we can cover enough that it can be intelligent to you, and it can be enjoyable to you, and it can be a power fitting to you, and set you free on many different areas and many different levels of your thinking, and, and correlate with you in, in a profound way uh, so, so that that you uh, develop a coordinates toward those things which have truth and which shine and have aura. Okay, now let's go on. Uh, I can easily get carried away when I start talking about these subjects. They are so exciting. Back to page 338. Okay, um, life cannot flourish without messengers. As the somatic body operates through messengers, hormones, etc., the corporate body also operates through messengers. Sometimes messengers are not accorded recognition, but a dutiful messenger will always find ways to broadcast Un's message. As far back in time as time can tell, God has sent messengers to the universe. That is true for the now of this age and for the long, long ago of the whences of the forevers that once were. And so shall messengers again forthcome uh, in the long, long of forevers that will be destinies, yes, destinies. This is where messengers, or as they are called, angels, came in. For when these super beings are sent out from the first domain, they are sent out on missions of messengers. We're on page 3 
39, and we're now getting ready to go into uh, uh, the approximate uh, third paragraph. This means, of course, they must take on, uh, period it, terrestrial bodies. Who Now, this is talking about the angels. This, this is saying that uh, when the angels go on missions and they are going into a, a creation episode, uh, that they have to uh, take on a, uh, you know bodies that are going to be identif uh, identifiable uh, to the species that they're going to be dealing with. So uh, if they go into the ocean and they want to deal uh, with a with a dolphin, uh, they'll take on a dolphin body, and and they will lead those dolphins out of some terrible uh, poison danger or threatening danger if that is the will of the angels to do so, because maybe they're being threatened, uh, these particular ones, by extinction or something of that nature. That's all possible in the messengership of angels. Uh, but they're not going to go down there looking like a human or looking like an, an, an angel because all that would do is frighten uh, uh, these uh, uh, blessed critters right into the danger uh, that they're trying to be saved from. So, so uh, communication has to have a skill to it, and that skill has to have a level of comfortability uh, that deals in uh, identified relationships and and uh, animals can understand identified relationships plants can understand that uh, and people understand that uh, it is very 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 essential uh, for uh, people to have an understanding the animals critters to have an understanding because when they do have this uh, coordinated understanding it helps uh, eliminate fear and uh, <clears throat> very difficult to think to operate to move uh, to be uh, useful in the the full capacity uh, when uh, you've got adrenaline uh, moving through your body at uh, streams and circuits. Okay, let's go on. Um, this means, of course, they must take on period terrestrial bodies whose cells are capable of continually uh, renewing um, themselves, while at the same time, by the messenger angel's men mental desire, they are able to create bodies that are capable of changing shape, form, and age appearances by phototranslation. Now, <clears throat> there's photo translation, there's photo uh, transition. Um, sometimes people say, I, I saw an angel, or they'll say, I, I think I saw a spirit, or I saw an aberration. Um, uh, I'm not saying that every time someone visions something like that, because uh, it can just be something that's like a daydream. Uh, it can be something imagined. Um, but uh, and there are there are other uh, explanations, <clears throat> but when it is an angel, uh, photo trans uh, sending photo transitions, the angel can send uh, any image that he wants, his own image, or he can send any image that he wants, and and it would become uh, like a hologram, like a suspended hologram. It would be a, a, a photogram. Uh, <clears throat> 
<clears throat> but it would not look like a, a picture. It would look real. It would look like an actual person or, or whatever it would be. If it would be a tree or animal or, or a building, whatever it would be that was photo transitioned, it would look real. And a person would see this and they would believe that they were seeing this real actual thing. The next step, if the, if the messenger so desired, would be to photo translate. Photo translation then is turning that photo transition, which is actually just a picture, but it looks real, and you can't tell the difference, but turning it into an actual reality. So that if the, if the angel was transpiring with this photo trans, uh, transition uh, to show himself in, in a certain um, look as a human being, uh, then he decided to photo tra uh, translate himself, then he his appearance, his spirit would be in that photo translation, and he would actually literally be there. Otherwise, he could be in uh, in the you know the first paradise, or second paradise, or third paradise, and he could photo uh, transition uh, these uh, pictures uh, to where people would see them, and and they would not realize at first that that was not actual or they could just photo translate themselves and then they would actually be right there in that presence okay uh, I hope that helps you I hope that doesn't get you confused uh, we have got to move on because all of this does incorporate uh, the subject of evolution and evolution and uh, we've got to throw it in there uh, so that you can jangle that around in your your pants pocket and know that you've got some change and that change is going to you know uh, not stay change. It's going to start getting into ones and twos and threes and, and sevens. Praise God. Okay, let's go on. It's an exciting time. Uh, it says here, page 339, they're capable of continuously renewing themselves while at the same time by the messenger angel's mental desire they're able to create bodies that are capable of changing shape, form, age, appearances by photo translation. These photo translation appearances are an image projection or as it may be said uh, by photo transitions. Uh, they, can, they can be by photo transitions or they can be photo translations uh, and I explain to you the difference. If the need necessitates, the messengers can appear uh, photo trans, uh, transitionally uh, in their first presence as a celestial uh, being, either in on-site visits or visits from a distance. Uh, so it is, such anointed ones, being messengers and guardians, may choose to reveal themselves in bodies of flesh or to reveal themselves in bodies of spirit essence. Their work is in dealing with the codes of the Soundron to bring forth creations. Their care of style and choice is, of course, most binding upon them as the success of the final outcome. This brings us to the inner G dots. Um, as those, uh, and we're on page 340, as those super uh, being messengers work the soundrons, collective thought energies of those angels are imprinted into minute densities as punctum points of datum, called energy dots. Now this, of course, is just one of the uh, information streams that go into energy dots. In fact, the the history uh, goes into the energy dot. And we 
we see in the seven universes um, that it speaks of in the book of Revelation, that each of those uh, rev uh, those books of Revelation basically involve uh, the know and the and and the uh, works uh, uh, about each of those particular church churches, uh, which really translate in Greek to to groups of uh, like persons. And that uh, the real revelation of this is so incredible. Uh, you that end up getting this uh, next uh, publication that's coming out uh, on the Peace Bible, uh, when um, we have put in this sensational uh, ABG, the Alphabet Gamma revelation, which is uh, should be uh, readable by persons from six years old and up. Uh, it's going to be sensational because it's going to reveal how that um, the the uh, the churches that it uses the seven churches uh, are actually uh, represented by uh, one of the spirits of God the seven spirits of God and each one of those star universes uh, which are each one of those churches are groups of people are those that have overcome and they that overcame uh, their their life their 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 story their information uh, you know uh, is known as it says right there in, in, in uh, Revelations, <clears throat> it is known and it is revealed uh, in this in this knowing uh, and as as a memory and uh, it, it it has the works which means uh, and translates to the history all the history of that of that universe is written in the is written into the uh, uh, you know into the energy dot uh, now. The uh, beauty of this, you know, is that this energy dot is there. All seven energy dots are out there. We are living in the eighth universe. Before these universes, there were other kinds of living uh, uh, places for entities, uh, like, for instance, uh, the Alpha Ages, and on and on and on. But right now, we're just concerned with the universes. That's uh, plenty of information for us to get into. Uh, but but why has this been missed? Why have so many theologians, why have so many people that preach the message, why have so many people that claim to be deeply divine and, and inspired missed this revelation of the energy dots and of the seven churches being the seven stars that it talks about in uh, the book of Revelation, which are the seven universes and which are the uh, seven spirits of God, uh, which are the plural spirits, uh, each uh, plural spirit of, of representing the plural spirit of all of those who overcame that universe. Now, why is it they missed it? Well, here's why they've missed it. Because they have not understood the last chapter of Revelations and the, and the, and the part of Revelations that says that this book is, the, is, the book, is a book of prophecy. And they have ascribed that prophecy to a prophet ministry. And a, a prophet ministry has exhortations during the present time. And it has futuristic prophecies, but it does not have prophecies that go backwards in time. That, that is not what 
a a a prophet uh, of that nature is. Uh, they they cannot go back. But there there are those uh, who in the past and they still exist today have been called seers. Now a seer is also a prophet, but they are a, they are a, a different gifted prophet than just a straight prophet. A straight prophet see, has exhortations presently and, and can make future prophecies. But a seer prophet can not only go back in time, but they can see the, the present and they can see the future. That is why over and over throughout all the book of Revelation, it continuously keeps saying that which was, that which is, and that which is to come. That the spirit of the prophecy is clearly declaring itself. This book is a book of prophecy. And what is this book of prophecy about? It's about that which was, it's about that which is, and it's about that which is to come. And what does the Bible say throughout the Old Testament? That which was, it's that which is now, that which now is that which is to come. And, and it's a repeat over and over and over and over again. Uh, and, and there's a reason for that, and we haven't got the time to get into all of that. But that's why people have not understood. They have not understood that this prophet and prophecy, this Christ prophet prophecy, is a seer relationship prophecy about that which was, that which is, and that which is to come. Therefore, uh, it could not it could not even work as, as a book of just prophecy. So in the last chapter of Revelations, when it says this is the prophecy, a book of prophecy, well, when you're talking about the churches, there's no prophecy there. That's, not, that, that, that's something that already supposed, supposedly has taken place in Asia. And, and, and that's, that's already happened. And that starts off the, with the book of Revelation as being the proposition of something that already happened. It's not a prophecy. It's not a part of a prophecy. And so the only way it can be a part of a prophecy if it is a metaphor of something that goes back in time. And then as it goes back in time, and it's a metaphor of that which goes back in time, and then you have the revelation of the seven spirits of God, and you have the revelation of the seven stars of God, then that goes backwards and that begins to show you that incredible revelation. You know, of that which was, that which is, and that which is to come, of the seven star universes, of the seven spirits of God, and these, this information uh, that, that, that reveals the knowledge, which includes the memory, and, and, and the works, which includes the history. Wow. Okay, enough of that. Let's, let's go on. We've we got to keep moving. So, as the, we're page 340, as these super being messengers work to the Soundtron, collective thought energies of the angels are imprinted in minute densities as punctum points of datum called energy dots. So then these minute punctum densities represent thousands, sometimes trillions of thought concentrations, which thoughts include historical events. Not only are these thoughts energies of angels and messengers, but also God-conscious thought energy of creation can become imprinted. These imprinted energies are recorded as signals in the Soundtron. Once an energy dot signal is released from the Soundtron, it gains potential for the energy dot to be accessed and becomes as a peak hole into the past, present, and future. Enduring from universe to universe. To connect to an energy dot even for an instant can change or charge that individual or group with mind powers most awesome. 
However, let not anyone take the power lightly, but let everyone examine uh, their faith, uh, lest they experience such awesomeness to their own harm. In re in review, uh, this is where we are this young. Uh, we are in need of such a discovery. Um, uh, this is, I'm reading this from this book, and uh, these are people in a particular universe uh, that are like a, 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 a Nouns and Volvo and, and uh, uh, the various uh, persons uh, talking here. Okay, so uh, uh, let's skip down to the bottom of page 341 uh, uh, and let's see where we're going there. Latolution, this is in the dark bold print, Latolution being the very tool of soundtron energy is often begun in course with the most simple lines of construction. So it is even in a single wave line Latolution can begin an operation uh, for, for uh, producing conditions that will ultimately frame optimum life. Now this word and uh, sentence here, optimum life, is so important because this op optimum life is about life that reaches a state of consciousness that it can become aware that there is a God. And in that awareness it can ultimately seek God and seek to overcome in the universe that, that, that it lives so that it may gain a soul. And this is not talking about orphanages that fell and had a soul before they came here but about new creations. Uh, uh, okay, Volvo. Uh, my humble pardon uh, requested, uh, uh, requested for interrupting you, Master Noose. Uh, but uh, if there were not messengers to work the Soundtrons, would there be no creations? A thoughtful question, Volvo. Yes, of course there would be creations. Now this is very important. You see, this is being taught that, that there are natural consequences that are written into the Soundtron. And so whether there were angels out there spiriting creation or not, uh, it would be a natural thing in uh, the production of nature to bring forth creations. And as I said uh, last week or so, that you could have creations rise that could be like the, the um, various kinds of tribes of human beings that were pre-Adamic. They did not have souls. And this was the problem in the sixth chapter when the sons of God began to marry the daughters of men. They began to intermarry the, those, those that had souls, which were the sons of God, with those uh, pre-Adamic people that did not have souls. And God could not allow this. And that's why God had to bring an end uh, to that kind of, of, a, of a, a possibility because it would destroy the whole soul promise. So uh, I don't have time to get into that right now. That's another big teaching, uh, but it's, of course, very interesting. Um, uh, yes, of course, uh, uh, it, it, it absolutely does. Uh, uh, so um, it says, if there were not any messengers available or if no messengers acted, there is coded in the Soundtron a long-term self-activation of the Latolution process. Messengers, however, eventually would be needed. Uh, now I would like to finish my presentation on Latolution. Optimum life regards complex systems as physical bodies capable of maximum perception of God, uh, of God consciousness. The emergence of, God's co of God consciousness 
is the prime destiny. So then, the highest destiny is divine recognition, which is optimum uh, life's highest fulfillment. There are, of course, degrees and depths of knowing God through cognitive recognition. In the process to reach optimum uh, life, that illusion codes many launchings of living constructions. Five of these launchings of living construction are called, one, replication of similitudes, two, accommodations, three, trials, uh, four, curtailments, five, transformations. Now, that's a big teaching. I couldn't possibly open that up here uh, today in the amount of time that I have left. I have so much else to, to cover. But these are actual teachings and how uh, latolution works and and uh, replication of similitudes, accommodations, trials, curtailments, uh, transformations. Uh, these are the processes. Uh, some people might say, well, isn't that sort of like, like uh, uh, evolution? Well, isn't evolution sort of like the, how nature advances? So if we're using evolution to describe it or latolution to describe it, it still ends up being what's happening in, in nature. Uh, the profound difference is that uh, ideology-wise, uh, 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 pardon me, ideology-wise, evolution is tagged uh, without having a real connection to God or need to be connected to God. Whereas latolution is uh, the premise of, of God uh, in uh, creation and is all about uh, what creation is for. Um, so replication of similitudes, uh, meaning that, uh, you know, that uh, uh, someone is is created uh, uh, that may not be the last time they are created they may have to have a replication uh, or uh, they may have to have a, an experience that is a replication or uh, there will be other replications that are similar to them there are, but there will be at different similitudes in these different similitudes these replications can move up and down between the different levels uh, accommodation uh, this could mean that that there are other people uh, that have been uh, created uh, and their destiny is just to accommodate other people uh, like they are they are they are uh, probes and props uh, like the Bible says God has made uh, you know vessels unto honor and to dishonor sometimes uh, a person could be uh, for a period of time uh, you know to wor wor working out uh, uh, you know Bible says what you you reap what you sowed working out something sowed in another life then the next life they become a vessel of dishonor but uh, if they if they properly fulfill even that that vessel of dishonorment doing what they're supposed to do in the destiny of that dishonorment and they will fill that then that dishonorment becomes an accommodation to the other people that is providing that that uh, uh, accommodation for that accommodation can be a road detour or a road sign uh, keeping those people from going a certain uh, uh, wrong direction keeping them from air so accommodations can have uh, many 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 different uh, profound uh, um, leadings and and uh, crossovers trials uh, that is an, another kind of uh, latolution uh, that allows by built-in genetics 
that allows by interference that happens from other people that come into your life uh, and and uh, or circumstances of of the government or the nation you live in or the land you live in or or it can even be things such as um, uh, you know um, disasters that come upon the earth these are all trials that are a part of the nature of living on the planet earth uh, they are also a part of the plan of lanolution uh, these trials are things that people have to dodge around they have to overcome uh, there's much more to it than this I'm just hitting on real simplicity here uh, curtailments uh, curtailments happen to people people think that they're going to go on with the same uh, thing forever and ever and ever and it's never going to end but we have age curtailment uh, people only live so long the sentence of death the Bible says is written in every person every person is going to have so many heartbeats every person is going to have so many times that the cells will turn over and remake themselves and then all of a sudden one day they quit unless there is a divine intervention and so then th that could be a curtailment other things could happen uh, marriages can fall apart uh, uh, love can be lost um, um, terrible consequential uh, things can happen that force a person to curtail how they were living how they were thinking apply different modes uh, of thought apply different modes uh, to uh, th their um, religious aspirations so that everything fits into the lattice of what their destiny at that time is so we we have to we have to understand these things are all part of land illusion transformation uh, those points in which we can really uh, uh, you know be not conformed to this world but can be transformed in which we can move into a place of transformation of how we think a transformation even health wise of how we how uh, we have our health and and uh, how our thinking capacity uh, is engendered uh, uh, or into so many other different potential areas that uh, transformations can move. We're on page 343. Let's go on. Latolution stands alone with the badge of merit for use in construction of creation. Latolution is a tool that can strum the soundtron. Um, nevertheless, the soundtron being the unction of the I am is a sensorin uh, that programs options uh, in all uh, subjects, including... Uh, uh, cause agony, physiogenesis, physiogenesis, behaviorism, uh, eugenics, and and uh, various uh, affinities. Um, let these words fly in the window of your mind, that through its face the light may shine. Lanolution works as singular and collective levels, but although initiating singleness, its resolute work is to develop, uh, to develop uh, uh, collectiveness. Okay. Uh, now this next thing that it gets into is uh, on the breath. But before I get into this breath uh, revelation, uh, I want to go back to some of my notes and uh, talk on, on, on these other subjects that are so important. Uh, let's look, for instance, uh, at this whole uh, idea when we start talking about evolution and evolution. Uh, what is the effect of the laws of physics as we would regard uh, antimatter? Uh, they say that antimatter, um, you know, is... Uh, an exact opposite of of matter uh, that uh, if you were to look at an antimatter body and a matter body uh, they say there would 
they would look the same. Now, of course, that's just speculation. They don't know that they are the same or that they look the same. Uh, but but uh, it is possible that could be the case. In the teachings of the Manifest, uh, they teach that that our planet, instead of being three-dimensional, is six-dimensional because uh, it ha it has uh, the uh, like say the first is first dimension, a second dimension, and a third dimension, <coughs> and that each one of these dimensions has a contra dimension, which is like let's say could be let's call it the an the the the, the antimatter, uh, you know the the contra, and so we've got. Uh, like in the making of electricity and uh, electromagnetic uh, energy. Uh, you have uh, the negative, you have the positive. You have the positive, you have the negative. And the equilibrium between them uh, balances them so that they can be stable and be used, uh, you know, together as a force. Uh, so we say that our dimensions of this, of this planet world that we live in, uh, which are three, uh, and as we understand it, the universe around us, uh, that there are contra dimensions, and and so it's like the balance of uh, like like what you see within the atomic, uh, uh, you know, atoms. Uh, you know, there there's always a negative and a positive. There's always the antimatter, the the matter. Uh, you know, the 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 electron and the proton. I mean. That is there, and that is all part of, of the laws of nature and how nature uh, at this uh, fold uh, in its creation uh, is. And uh, so, but if we start talking about, and, and interestingly in this book, there are some very, uh, very, very fantastic uh, readings about antimatter and, and other, uh, you know, nation, uh, other uh, creations that were actually made out of antimatter. But that's not for right now. Um, let's let's uh, let's just look at this thing about uh, antimatter. I mean, that's a rare subject to a lot of people. Uh, you know, uh, they they uh, they would question if it was carbon based or not, or they would have all kinds of uh, wondering about uh, uh, its composition uh, and whether it was even logical uh, to make an assumption that uh, life could uh, could evolve or latitude out of antimatter uh, because they are such. Uh, Opposites, uh, but we, we we have to understand uh, some uh, some interesting things, and uh, uh, that's that's what I, I I want I want to uh, talk to you about. Um, uh, it says all antimatter in this universe is thought to be canceled out by matter. Uh, if matter touches antimatter, uh, the one cancels out the other. If you have more matter than you have antimatter, then the lesser antimatter would be canceled out. It would leave some overage of matter. Uh, they say that's what happened in this universe, why there's more matter than there is antimatter. Uh, you know, that all has its uh, points of uh, consideration. Uh, that's not for my message tonight. Uh, my uh, my point of my message tonight is that on this earth we are composed of matter. Uh, but how does evolution um, uh, explain anti-matter? Uh, how does it explain the effect of anti-matter? Because uh, you cannot, uh, you cannot 
de-shelve. You cannot throw away. Uh, you you cannot get uh, out of the understanding that just like in electricity, you have you know the negative and the positive. Otherwise, you don't have electricity. And so you have uh, in atoms the 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 contra and 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 and, and anti to the contra. Uh, they all exist in this world, so it it is uh, it is so absolutely important uh, to to understand that and to question as to what role antimatter plays in the cosmos, uh, you know, and what the logical assumption of that would be. Uh, uh, I. I want to share that with you tonight, uh, and that's why I skipped over here to this uh, part of my notes, because this is such a profound and interesting uh, loud of of things to talk about that it, it just it just really, really needs uh, to be said. Uh, it really needs to be, uh, you know, to, to be covered. Uh, it, it, uh, it, it, it has just uh, an everything to do with with about uh, with about this world that we live in so uh, let me see if I can uh, find uh, my note here on a particular thing I'll skip ahead a little bit uh, let's uh, just look here for a minute um, what I I want uh, to talk about is um, okay uh, vacuum fluctuations and virtual particles, virtual reality. Uh, here is is uh, what it it is claimed in uh, by physicists, uh, and they say this this is true with the entire universe. It says the entire universe can indeed arise from nothing. Uh, via natural processes. This document uh, is here to make a few points of that. Eventually, uh, it says, uh, if you take and you you, uh, you uh, assess the value of quantum uh, vacuum fluctuations as a means of producing universes, uh, you you come to certain evaluations, and uh, it it has a certain depth to be able to understand it. But I and I will try to help you with that. Uh, in the everyday world, energy is always unalterably fixed. The law of energy conservation is a cornerstone of classic physics. But in the quantum micro world, energy can appear and disappear out of nowhere in a spontaneous and unpredicted fashion. Okay. Uh, the uncertainty principle implies that particles can come into existence for short periods of time even when there is not enough energy to create them. I hope you're getting this. hope you're, you're not going to miss this because this is so important to some of the conclusions for Lanolutions that I want to set on your window cell. Uh, the uncertainty principle implies that particles can come into existence for short periods of time even when there is not enough of energy to create them. In effect, they are created from uncertainties in energy. One could say uh, that they briefly borrow the energy required for their creation, and then for a short time uh, they pay back the debt and disappear again. Since these particles do not have a permanent existence, they are called virtual particles. Now, even though we can't see them, 
the discourse here says we know that these vertical particles are really there in empty space because they leave detectable trace of their activities. One effect of virtual uh, uh, photons, uh, for example, is to produce a teeny shift in the energy levels of atoms. They also cause an equally teeny change in the magnetic moment of electrons. There's two things, then, that are a sign that uh, virtual particles are reality. Uh, one, as I read, is the teeny change that happens in the in a magnetic a moment and then the very teeny uh, shift in energy level of atoms so um, uh, when we go on to understand this uh, uh, how that in modern physics they say uh, there is no such thing as nothing uh, even in a perfect uh, uh, vacuum, uh, pairs of virtual realities, or pardon me, virtual particles, are constantly being created and destroyed. The existence of these particles is no mathematical fiction. Okay, now, <clears throat> I'm going to explain this Lanolution-wise. This is really the fringe of the secret of Lanolution. Everywhere out there, the universe is full of virtual particles. How do these virtual particles come about? Uh, they are created through moments of separation uh, between the uh, magnitude uh, uh, anti um, uh, positron or anti-particle uh, uh, gravitation and, and effect and the uh, the matter particle gravitation effect and when these two uh, uh, particles the antimatter and and the matter particle uh, are are held together by an equal amount of of gravitational uh, uh, you know force, uh, then uh, they are put into a state of of, of equal uh, equilibrium. Uh, but if there becomes a fluctuation, to where one side. Uh, has greater uh, gravitational than the other side, uh, then that allows an escape of these virtual particles. Okay? Now, when these virtual particles escape, they have a very short time uh, to enter uh, into, uh, you know, a... a physical other atoms are physical matter and and uh when uh in latolution it is the entering into uh matter uh that is allowed uh that is able to take nothing because like this virtual particle uh virtual reality is considered not to be anything and in our teachings that we've done earlier it, it is not a thing it is not a thing, but it's not nothing. Uh, like, it's not a no thing. It's not just, I mean, it's a no thing, but it's not just uh, without any reality or, or presence or, or, or fact of existence at all. Uh, and so uh, this gets into those these things I've tried to teach about uh, abstract, you know, and, and about virtual reality, because it is when this fluctuation happens that it allows uh, the the 
the law of electromagnetism uh, to have a fluctuation break. And when that fluctuation break happens, these virtual uh, uh, particles are released. And it's sort of like the lattice neutron, you know, when the, la when the lattice uh, is, 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 you know, freed, the, you know, the, the whole idea of neutron to to free the lattice, so the lattice is freed uh, from 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 this uh, equilibrium uh, of of the exact balance. That's why they say in this universe right now, with all the particles that's in it, including uh, the the stars and and, and uh, everything that's in this universe, that there is a, a an exact balance between uh, the gravity uh, of the one side and the other side, which is going to have you know matter and and going to have quantum contra uh, uh, and and that there is a the balance. So then that creates what they call zero, because there is no differentiation. Uh, then it, there is zero difference that exists outside of that. But if that fluctuates, if there's a change, then these uh, these virtual uh, particles are created, and when they are created, uh, if there's a fluctuation, uh, and this is going on all the time, and the, and the universe is full of these vertical uh, particles, <laughs> the angels ride them, <laughs> and they can guide them too. And so, so this whole thing is a beautiful picture, and it would take me hours to do the teaching on it. Be better to be uh, read from one of my books, but but the thing of it is, is that uh, it. It is so awesome, this whole thing of Latolution is so beautiful. And it, and, and it has answers for everything. Uh, it can explain, uh, you know, uh, it can explain the antiparticle. Uh, it, it can explain, uh, you know, all these different uh, forms that the particle and the antiparticle as pairs can take. Um, it it can uh, it can it can just uh, do so many awesome things. You know, uh, because as I said, uh, when the negative gravitational energy exactly uh, cancels the positive uh, energy, then that's that's when you have an equilibrium. That's when you have zero. Okay, so that to me is exciting. That's how the things can spring out of nothing. It's just all part of the beauty of how God has made everything to be in such an outstanding, awesome, incredible, beautiful way. Okay, so uh, the laws of of conservation of mass uh, you know uh, the idea of mass. Uh, it it uh, it implies that any chemical process is a closed system, and that the mass of the reactant must equal the mass of the product. So even in uh, the law of the conservation of mass, when we get into uh, the 
chemistry aspect of things. If we're into chemistry, any of you that have ever been into chemistry, you would know that the three most important uh, aspects of the teaching of chemistry and of understanding chemistry is to uh, is to understand, number one, uh, what is called an incomplete reaction, and to understand, number two, uh, the law of reversibility, and number three, the law of dynamics. And that might sound simple, but it is not. It is quite uh, elongated story about uh, uh, the power of uh, chemistry. But of course, when you get into the non-liquid and non-chemistry uh, forms of matter, and you get into the quantum, and you're dealing into microscopic and, and uh, you know beyond, uh, then that is uh, another uh, aspect that is out of the classic range of, of the standard uh, uh, law of the conservation of mass, which incorporates and includes uh, the various, uh, you know, differentiations that occur in, in uh, you know, um, in the chemistry. Uh, but, you know, there are things that do happen, do, do uh, you know, come about because of changes in chemistry. Chemistry is big. It includes hormones in the body. It includes vitamins. Uh, it includes, uh, you know, uh, even the capability in some sense of the brain, uh, you know, through its hypothalamus and pituitary to send messages uh, to the other messenger parts of the body. So it is a big, 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 gigantic thing and not anything that is minor at all. Uh, so we're going to have to do another another study another week next week uh, you know we're going to have to do number five and maybe that'll be like the hand of God the apostle uh, you know apostles prophets pastors teachers evangelists hand of God uh, apostolic ministry type of thing uh, but but boy I mean <laughs> praise God it's going to be exciting. Uh, we're going to get into all kinds of uh, of answering other questions. We might even be able to explain uh, uh, some of the uh, other meanings about the black holes and uh, what part that they actually play. Uh, we'll get more, uh, cover more to do with the vacuum fluctuations and the vertical, not vertical, but virtual particles. Uh, we will get more involved, uh, you know, uh, with talking about antimatter and then we will go on to uh, page uh, 344 to the super brief dimensions uh, where we uh, call constructions of breath and we get into this B-R-E-F-F uh, which is a wave of existence but how that that breath uh, breath is used in the rhythm of um, of latolution and how that uh, it's uh, Capability as a, 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 a curtailment uh, to to shrink or diffuse its form, uh, or make a reduction of, of style, uh, uh, can have such an effect uh, latolution wise uh, uh, on the modification of of a person or a thing uh, or or uh, a conjunct. So that's coming. Uh, God willing, next week we will get into that, and it will be exciting. Today we have some things to cover uh, in our that's going to be very interesting. You might not want to might not want to leave out on this because uh, I want to share with you uh, some very very interesting information 
that uh, that I came back, I came by recently, that is happening on planet Earth with people who have had strokes, and they've had they've, they've uh, uh, had these strokes uh, for years and years and not been able to move parts of their body, but all of a sudden, uh, with this new method, they're being able to uh, to to uh, move their bodies. Uh, I haven't read every bit of this book, but I read a lot of it, and the name of it uh, is the brain uh, that changes itself the brain that changes itself so if you get a chance uh, to to see that um, it's by Norman D-O-I-D-G-E-M-D D-O-I-D-G-E-M-D Norman N-O-R-M-A-N so uh, it let me just let me just uh, breeze through here real fast on a couple couple things. Uh, it talks about he, here, and I mentioned this briefly last week. Uh, it talks about um, how that a person's brain, if it is set free, it can help its own self, and that's the very name of this: the brain that changes itself. So when we talk about Gentile and about sending these signals into the brain and into the body. Uh, this is coming out by more and more medical professions, is coming out by more and more scientific uh, cooperation, is coming out by more and more ex uh, experiments that are succeeding and happenings of events of healing and deliverance uh, that are fulfilling uh, unexpected uh, miraculous results. Um, uh, it, it tells this story about these persons um, and I explained this a little bit last week, but let me hit it again. Um, it tells how that um, uh, when a person um, injures themselves or when a person is injured through a stroke, that it has always been thought that what happens when that stroke occurs is there are certain mental neuron uh, areas in the sensor uh, sensory uh, areas that are are closed down and so uh, that shuts down the operation of the arms shuts down maybe a leg because they can become paralyzed and there's just nothing that you can do about it and for years and years and years uh, you know uh, uh, really Top professional people that that were you know uh, brain surgeons and doctors in the uh, in the medical uh, field uh, taught that the, that you know there, this was a hopeless situation, but what they did not realize was discovered by this doctor uh, who had a. Uh, uh, he, he, he had a, a terrible experience happen to him, uh, which which was a stroke, and uh, in order to save himself from being crippled the rest of his life, he began to use his mind and his thoughts uh, to to uh, decide what could other possible answers could be the case and as he got well enough to work and experiment with it uh, he did various tests and what he discovered is that um, when a person has a stroke uh, their um, 
the the thing that it gets messed up in that stroke is the uh, sensor system uh, that that tells you um, the message of uh, I can feel my hand, I can feel my arm, uh, I feel that I am lifting it up, I am moving it, I am waving my my hand. It tells you all of that, uh, and then that gets shut down. Well, when that is shut down, people think, okay, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm paralyzed. I can't feel anything. I'm paralyzed. But the thing they discovered is that the motor that actually uh, that actually gives the uh, the the power, the energy to move the arm or the leg or other body parts is still intact. That the strokes do not knock those out. And they are even capable, if they are knocked out on one side of the body, to, to be replaced on the other side of the hemisphere. And so when they found this out, they found that by simply disconnecting the sensories that had been damaged, and then making it so that people could not use their other good arm, and that if they wanted to have any capability of using their arm, they would have to try to move that arm that was paralyzed. Then it was explained to them what the deal was. Look, there, you still have the motor capacity to move your arm. And someone might say, I've been paralyzed for 13 years. How could I possibly think that I could, I could move it? Well, you can. Because what we're going to do is we're going to disconnect the sensory but you see, this can also be done just by the overpowering of the of the brain. But they remove them, and then they say, now, you have your motor capacity, all you have to do is you have to think on this. And you have to tell your arm that you can move it, and you, you have the motor, motor capacity, and you won't be able to feel it, but you will be able to move it, and you will be able to use it to feed yourself and, and you, your limb to be able to walk on it, and you'll have restoration of that. And when these people begin to hear that and believe that, and they begin to move their arms, they're shocked. An arm that's been paralyzed for 13 years, suddenly they can move. A leg that they haven't been able to walk on for 13 years, suddenly they can walk on. It's incredible. And it's actually happening to thousands and thousands of people in the United States. But the thing, when I, when I saw this and when I read this, I thought, oh my God, this is natural for Gentile. This is something Gentile can do. This is something that Gentile can, can bring to the body. It's just absolutely profound. It's just absolutely profound. So I want to do this for you that have been having problems uh, with uh, anything that is even remotely alike into having had, um, you know, uh, one of these uh, seizures, of, uh, which is a stroke. Uh, I want to... Uh, uh, Talk to your body, and and I want to loosen the cord of those sensors uh, that give you the, the feeling that you cannot feel. We're not talking about doing this to people that have all their, their feeling in their arms and can move their arms and their legs. We're talking for people out there that cannot move their arms. Uh, they've been, they're paralyzed. Uh, that in any area that you are paralyzed, that can be undone. So... Uh, we, we want to tell you of the, the spiritual output and revelation of truth that 
overcomes the physiology of, of, of a cardiac arrest or of, of a stroke uh, that, that comes out of a, a deep uh, a strike into your body. And uh, we want to, to help you to understand that um, uh, there is a new timing that is, that is coming up for you right now. That God is wanting to deliver you. Uh, he's wanting to set you free. He's wanting to heal you. He's wanting to show you that uh, you, can, you can be totally set free. So here we go. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary to hypothalamus to thyroid, to the cerebellum, to the white core brain tissues in the spinal column. Begin to send messages to the thyroid. Begin to send messages to the immune system. Begin to send messages to the hormone system. Begin to deal throughout the entire whole body. And, be, and especially begin to deal uh, in those areas uh, that are involved with the sensorum uh, effect into those limbs or, or arms or parts of the body that are paralyzed and begin to, um, uh, to disconnect those that have been um, of a, uh, affected and, and made unusable, unusable uh, by uh, a stroke. And begin to deal in the minds of these people uh, to be able to understand uh, that they can move their arms and legs. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary, hypothalamus to thyroid, to you who are hearing this message, to you the person. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, regulation hormones, begin to deal regulating this messages and all the hormones that are beginning to be sent out from the pituitary, the thyroid, uh, from uh, the hypothalamus. Uh, begin to regulate uh, throughout the body uh, the sensations from the hormone uh, being sent into these areas to overcome uh, the the operations of those sensory uh, sensory parts uh, of these paralyzed uh, limbs and paralyzed uh, arms begin to uh, release them from those uh, sensors and begin to open up the mind uh, begin to deal with the mind uh, to to become cognizant and aware that the motor is still working and they can move those limbs, they can move those arms, they can move those formerly paralyzed parts of the body. Hypothalamus to pituitary, pituitary, hypothalamus to thyroid, to lymphatic gland, through the corpus callosum, through all the, the, the hemispheres, <coughs> through the frontal lobes, uh, through through the back pyramidal uh, medulla, to the pons, begin to send a saturated message that overcomes uh, all uh, opposition. If there's any inhibitors, if there's any blockages, if there's any messages opposite and against this message that have been put into the body begin to dissolve and eradicate that. So be it. God bless you. God's shine, face shine upon you. God give you peace. We love you. Thank you so much for being here and listening to this teaching. Next week, we will go on to Number five of evolution. God bless you.